Yo, what's up, action takers? Welcome back to After Hours Entrepreneur. Today, I'm giving you a backstage pass of what it's like to be part of the After Hours Entrepreneur Mastermind community. I went out, I got Jordan Harbinger, host of the Jordan Harbinger Show. He gets over 5 million downloads on his podcast each month. And we're talking all about the monetization behind podcasting, how to grow, how to move people, how to get people to take action. You're going to love this episode. And if you really love it as much as I think you will, join us. Join the After Hours Entrepreneur Mastermind at, you guessed it, afterhoursentrepreneurmastermind.com. I'll put a link below. would love to see you in the next session. It's only 50 bucks a month. And guess what? If you're not fully satisfied, I'll give you your money back. All right, let's get to this episode right after a quick word from our sponsor. Let's go. Quick shout out to our sponsors over at Fran Bridge Consulting. They specialize in placing you with the best non-food franchises on earth. And the best part, it's 100% free. Do yourself a favor and sign up for a free call with the CEO, John Austinson, today over at FranBridgeConsulting.com. He'll even send you a free book, 100% free. Go to FranBridgeConsulting.com, chat with the CEO, John, today. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome you, Jordan, to the After Hours oh, yeah. Mastermind community, Thanks. dude. It's nice to have you. 15 minutes in, we're doing it. We're doing and it, man. That's It's, it's kind of like, what, what happens when you put two podcasters in a room? They just, we just, bomb, 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 you know, it's just natural and talking and, and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're really glad to have you here, Jordan. I've been, I've been watching you from afar for a while. Um, well, listen, I want to go ahead <clears throat> and move into the mastermind portion. This is a mastermind interview. Everyone from the After Hours Entrepreneur Mastermind is here. So I do want to open up the floor to questions from the group. John, I see you've got a couple questions here. Is there, you have something that you want to ask Jordan here today. Why don't you unmute and give it to him? Yeah, I got a couple of questions, actually. Um, one question is basically, if you find that your podcast isn't growing, Mm-hmm. Right. You've been doing it for like a year or two and you just see that the downloads are not there. Um, at what point do you think is a good time to shift to a different topic completely or just keep going through the trudges? Yeah. So how do you know that it's your topic that's not working? Right. That's the question. I mean, I don't I, you might be able to answer that, but I doubt that you can. Um, the reason is because. There's reasons your show's not growing, but is it poorly marketed? Is it the topic's not interesting? Is it that you don't have a large enough target market or you're not reaching those people? Is your delivery really bad? Is your audio quality really bad? Your retention's low. Why is it low? You know, there's a lot of other questions there. People would reasonably say, oh, it's probably because of the topic, but not necessarily because of the topic. Okay. So other factors just, okay. Yeah. You have to, you'd have to isolate those other factors. So you can experiment with different topics for sure, but it's really hard to split test stuff in podcasting, right? Cause what are you going to do? Like do one show for a year and be like, all right, now I'm going to do a totally different show and see if this works better. That's not really, it's a good way to lose your original audience and then possibly do something that doesn't work and blah, blah, blah. So it's very, very difficult. I, typically tell people not to do a podcast as a business and only to do it as a hobby. And if they're like, but I don't like it, then you should stop because it's 99, times out of a thousand or actually probably 10 times that you are not going to ever profit doing a podcast. So I, I typically say, if you love doing it, it doesn't really matter. 
if it's growing or not. It is nice when it grows, but it doesn't really matter. And if it's not growing and you don't like it, then you should stop doing it. And if it is growing and you don't like it, then you should still stop doing it. Um, although there's nobody in that last category, probably. Um, the second question I have is uh, going back to uh, charging for programs. Because uh, I've, I'm sure everybody here has got a pro got into a program where they're like, I can't believe I spent that kind of money to, to, to get this program. Mm -hmm. If you're offering a brand new program, you don't feel comfortable charging, you know, four or $5,000 for this program. What's a good price point? What's a good price entry point for the program for the people to actually use and you can get paid for? Sure. So I've run programs where it's more or less at cost because, and, but the thing is I go, okay, I'm going to select you. You've got to be enthusiastic about this. I'm going to phone screen you. You're going to be on video. We're going to end up turning this into a product. You don't get compensated for your time on video. You have to stay for the whole thing, or we're going to charge you a penalty, you know, that kind of thing. And so then you end up with a product. You end up with a bunch of really enthusiastic people who really want to be there. You end up with people who stay in the room the whole time. They give you feedback. It's a really good group. It's a lot of fun. You break even slash profit a little bit. And you end up with the video and audio if you want to do an online course with it later on or whatever. But mostly you end up going like, oh, good. It wasn't so expensive that when the whole unit on X totally flopped and everyone was like, wow, that sucked. You just wrote it off and they're like, yeah, it's cool, man. $1,500. I mean, you know, it's a test run. I get it. We talked on the phone. You told me that might happen. You're cool. When you do that and it's an $8,000 program, people are like, well, I expect $1,500 back from my $8,000 ticket because Saturday afternoon really sucked. And what are you guys doing? And da -da. so you get a lot more leeway if you charge cost plus a little 10, you know, 10% or 5% uh, to make up the margin, you get a dry run, people are really understanding and you get media at the end of it. And, you know, making sure people stay and don't leave because you're not doing a good job is always nice too. So I've done that before. And then the next time I run it, I'm like, all right, this is a $6,000 program, period. So that, that always inspires confidence in the team that's running it. But if it's, if something screws up, you're not really like, you're not on the hook. You don't look bad. The, everybody understood that the, the, the idea, the table stakes, they kind of going in. And, and I think that's a really good place to be. So I would just say, calculate your costs, add 5% because you're not going to calculate your costs right. And don't expect to make money on the event. A lot of, a lot of like event coaches are like, tell yourself why you're worth more. And it's like, okay, fine. But what happens when you screw up? And everyone's like, dude, I paid you, I paid you 10 G's for this. And this whole thing was a clusterfuck. Cool that you have high self-esteem. I want a refund. You know, like I don't believe in, I don't subscribe to that school of thought. I, I, I just got to jump in here and uh, give you a, give you a cl quick clap because I think that this, there's like this toxic entrepreneurship yeah. idea out there. that's like, what is the most amount of money I can get for my time without yeah. even thinking about the value that you're delivering? The, the amount of people like this, this group, this mastermind group is not, a, it's 50 bucks a month. The amount of people are like, you should be charging a thousand a month. I'm like, I, I don't. But I then don't. people can't afford to join, man. And I want them to learn from me. That's the thing. I, I totally get that, dude. Uh, I totally get that. You want people to be able to join. You want people to be able to learn. You probably have other things that they can buy that are higher ticket if they want to. 
uh, that is good because you're right. There is this whole thing where people are like, you should be getting the most money for your time. I get it. That's the, the game, right? Scale and make, but it doesn't make it, it screws up the impact you can make. If nobody can afford what you're doing, it screws up the calculation. It also, you, you, if you don't deliver the value, people leave you going, Oh, that wasn't as good as it should have been. Is that the impression you want on a bunch of people that paid you a lot of money? Or do you not care if you don't care? Well, okay, I can't help you. You're unethical. But if you charge and you over deliver, then people are like, wow, I loved that. And then you've got word of mouth advertising. You've got people coming back for, again. That is that is good. That's how you should do business. I think right now, you're right. People want to be able to say they charge $10,000 an hour for consulting. And it's like, okay, but you don't really. You're broke. You're just saying that you do because you think it's good positioning. And you've got one or two suckers that did that. And they both thought that that was a big waste of money. And your refund policy is sorry, no refunds, because you know that otherwise people are going to ask for refunds. It's just a crappy ass way to do business. And it's a really short term thinking kind of way to do business. And unfortunately, I see a lot of people teaching others to do business like that. And those people are, I mean, you, you do business with them once, you tell everybody never to go near them and you're still pissed at them five years later. I mean, is that the impression you want to be making on other people in your industry? I would say no. Yeah. Very, 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 very short sighted. I mean, it, 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 you know, some people do undervalue themselves, but I think, you know, especially in this hustle culture, coaching, yeah. consulting, there's too many people that are valuing their time at exorbitant amounts. Like, dude, mm -hmm. you're not a rocket scientist. I love, you know, you seem cool. If you're a good closer, that's great. But um, yeah, great point. So Ben, it sounds like you have a question for the man, the myth, the legend, Jordan, what you got brother. Always got plenty of them. Um, so my girlfriend name's Jen. I know you're married to a Jen. Yeah. Imagine both our Jens are getting together. They're starting their own podcast. Mm -hmm. What would Jen ask you, Jen Harbinger? What would she ask you that? I mean, you've been on hundreds, thousands of shows. What would she ask you that none of us would have ever thought to ask? Oh man, I, my my worst nightmare is, is being on a podcast. Um, she wouldn't. She doesn't even want to do the CTAs and commercials, and it's like ten seconds long each. Not even. Uh, you know, she'd probably ask me why I work so much. You know, why don't I? Why don't I give myself more of a more of a relaxing break? And uh, but she probably already secretly knows the answer to that question, right? And you guys all do too, because that's why we're here. At, 548 p.m pacific time were you with jen were you with your wife when you started podcasting when you left wall no, street no no, no 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 that was like six seven years into the the whole thing i met her i was you know because that was an interesting thing for me you know i was in i was in the insurance industry for a decade before i i finally pulled the pulled the cord went into the podcasting game full time mm -hmm. and let me just tell you that my wife is not as risk averse is I am. So it caused, it's caused a little bit of. Is more risk averse than you or not as risk averse as you? Not, not as risk averse. Yeah. Like I'm willing to go out okay. and, and take the risk, try new things, fail forward, that sort of thing. Um, but anyway, I, I was just, I was just kind of curious. Well, that's about the opposite that. of risk averse, right? Risk averse means you don't want risk. So I th I'm pretty sure we said that backwards. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm doing like double negatives here. Like not, right. not, in risk averse. Like you are not risk averse. You are willing to take risks. That's wait, yes. did I say that backwards again? Yes. Yes. Uh, no, that was right. See, this is a problem with double negative. 
<laughs> if you're risk averse, you don't want to take risks. You are willing to take risks, therefore you are not risk averse. Therefore, your wife is more risk averse than you are. That's or something. Yes, yes, and, <laughs> yeah. and be, because you're the lawyer here, I'll go with that. Right, I'll go with that. Right, we might have to check that. Yo, are you interested in business ownership? For many entrepreneurs, the journey starts with non-food franchising. Franchising is simply the better option for many entrepreneurs and demand is at an all-time high. Lucky for you, John Austinson, founder of Franbridge Consulting, is here to help you today. John and his Franbridge Consulting team are part of the largest brokerage in the U.S. and are constantly vetting the market thoroughly. Franbridge is hands down the premier source for the best opportunities in the non-food franchising world. They will find the best business for you, your personality, and your location, from healthcare to dumpsters, from youth soccer to oil changes, even insulation and windows. And the best part, it's 100% fee-free, no additional costs to you. You may have heard John on Entrepreneurs on Fire. He has served as an Inc. 500 franchisor, a multi-brand franchisee, and in fact, he's one of the top 1% consultants nationwide. Listen, sign up for a free consultation with the CEO, John, today, not his assistant, not his sales team. Sign up for free with John today at FranbridgeConsulting.com. That's FranbridgeConsulting.com. And guess what? He's even going to send you a copy of his book for free, Non-Food Franchising. For free, free book. You got to love it. So go to FranbridgeConsulting.com right now. All right, let's get into the episode. Y'all, we got a few more minutes here. Who else has a, sure. a question for the man here? I, I could ask the question. Hmm. Um, so I'm just getting into podcasting, Jordan. So I have a business. I, I saw that you have an aura ring on. So I'm a sleep health educator. Yes. Um, so I'm just getting into podcasting. I'm going to be launching it in the next month. And I kind of, I was reading a little bit about like your background and again, um, that you have your spouse that came into your company. My husband's actually going to be joining my company uh, in the next few weeks. And I just had some questions in regards, like it said that you don't ha really have a lot of employees and you do a lot with like contractors. So I guess my question is a little bit of like behind the scenes. Are there any like really good, because I'm a big technology person. I automate a lot of my business. Mm -hmm. I've been able to grow globally because of it. Are there specific tools that you would like recommend because of the way that you run your company? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff I use is not going to, there's no like magic computer tool that I use, right? Slack's good. Um, I think a lot of people bury each other in emails. Slack has been a game changer, but that's, you know, like use Slack. Thanks, Jordan. Get, get the hell out of here. I, unless you're in China. No, no. Slack I use, I use right. Slack. I use Asana, um, different ones like that. But Swello. in terms of like, you know, I guess I know you, you have, you have, you have like different contracts and so forth, but in terms of like automating what you do, I know there's a lot of podcasting applications out there. I mean, what would you say are like, if you could pick like the top five things that you couldn't live without? Yeah. I use superhuman for email. It's way faster than Gmail. A lot of shortcuts. Everything's hotkey based, not free. Um, text expander, also not free. It's keyboard shortcuts on steroids. So you can type something like CB and it's like circling back on this. Not sure if you saw the email, appreciate the response when you get a chance, you know, types that whole thing out, sends it. Um, that type of stuff has saved me hours and hours and hours and hours of time. Um, 
And I do a lot in Google Sheets because you can do a lot in Microsoft Excel that is sort of automated. You know, you can run these like, okay, when this is done, this file goes to Google Drive, which tells this Google Sheet this, which then signals to another person to go do something. And that's all basically included in G Suite. So people build all these weird like Zapier, Zapier. Zapier is great. It does a lot of cool stuff. But I think people try to use all these other tools in weird, inappropriate ways that are kind of unnecessary. You know, where you could really, you have a lot of this stuff built into G Suite or Trello, which also even at the free tier is like, oh, this episode is done and uploaded. Therefore, it's in Google Drive, which signals to the show notes guy to listen to the edited cut, which also sends a copy to the editor to go ahead and edit it. All that stuff can be automated. And then it tells everybody in Slack when it's done. And all that is free. That's all free tier stuff. It's just that nobody really uses it. And then they they try and dive into some weird thing like Salesforce. And it's like $16,000 later, it does the exact same thing, maybe. No, absolutely. And I'm not afraid to spend money on, on technology. I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, beyond hiring employees and all these, you can automate so many of your processes, but I'm always, a lot of times I get into things even when they're in the beta version, but I love to just, you know, I thought maybe you might be know about something um, that maybe I hadn't uh, utilized yet. I haven't heard of superhuman. So that's a new one. Yeah. Superhuman it's invite only, but I think you can easily, I'm pretty sure you can, if you can't get an invite, you can email me and I'll, I can have you skip the line. It's not I'm going to hold you to that, Jordan, because I'm all about the tech. (laughs) That is fine. And then text expander. A few people do that because they go, I have keyboard shortcuts on my phone. It's not the same thing. There's like, you'll type something in and there's drop downs where it'll like put in the date. You can, it can autofill their name. It does everything. And I do that when I'm typing emails. And if I look at my account, it keeps stats. Let me see if I can even find it. Anything that saves time, I'm all about. (laughs) Yeah, there's something where it's like, this has saved you. X number of, I think I probably have to go online and look at it, but it's very, it's so funny how much time it saved me. It's actually like bananas. I mean, I, I'm so curious. Statistics. There we go. I remember back in the day, by the way, oh, I played a lot of World of Warcraft and it had this like thing where you type slash days played. I had like 150 days played in the game. Yeah. I was like, what am I doing with my life? It's, it's that is- it is bonkers. Yeah, I have to submit a date here. So I'm going to type in like 2018, even though I probably had this even before that, all the way up to today, generate report. I don't even know how long this is going to take. Oh, it's not going to. Oh, it's like, yeah, I've used this 419,130 times since February 27th, 2017. I might, it looks like I had it even before that. I don't really want to go all the way through that, but I've saved 549 hours of just typing. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Text expander, Textexpander.com slash Jordan. I think there's a discount. It's probably on my deals page. Jordan, it's a sponsor, but I went to them to get sponsored. Yeah. Okay. No, the total hours I've saved is 662 hours. And I've used it 450,000 snippets, 450,000 snippets since 2016. That's freaking crazy. Yeah. That's- and it, it'll show you how much time you save in a day and it tracks it every day. And there are days here where I've saved three hours and seven minutes of just typing at 50 words per minute. You can change the words per minute based on how fast you actually type. Yeah, speaking of time saving, how are you using AI in your business, Jordan? Yeah, interesting. That's sort of the trendy thing. And I think a lot of people are making shit up so they can be relevant. But I thought, oh, I'm not going to use this. But 
companies come to me and they're like, you just use the talking points. You always do good ad reads. Just ad lib it. But like, I don't want to write your copy for you. And if I've done it 80 times, I'm running out of ideas, you know, a lot. So I'll throw the copy in chat GPT and I'm like, use the following copy points to generate a 60 second ad read or I think I did, I don't know if 60 seconds worked or if I had to give it the word count at 400 words, whatever it was, 200, sorry, 250 words. But I did that and it will just sort of spit out really crappy, amateurishly written copy, but it's better than talking points. And then I take that and I write the ad commercial, the ad read, and it saves me hours and it saves my wife a ton of time of uh, from drafting copy, especially if it's like something we've advertised 50 times already because we're again we're out of ideas and so we use those to create variations of ad copy and ad read every single time every time we need to script anything that's cool and so one of the things that i've you know because we've been going through ai and different tips and tricks in the group because i i run a podcast agency and ai saves me a ton of time and money and the content yeah. is way better one of the things you can do with chat gpt is just tell it make it more compelling and it, mm. it's shocking if you say hey write it again just be more compelling it it really makes it more the writing more interesting i don't know yeah. why it just doesn't make it interesting on the first hand but for whatever reason it just needs you to say yeah make it that's compelling. so funny and another thing we do is we get a lot of really really sensitive questions on friday for our friday advice segment you know people are like i'm escaping a cult so we're like ooh, there's identifying details in here so we'll say like rewrite this without using it like change the names change the places uh change the times and change you know whatever and it like just rewrites the letter in different words and if something is poorly written which we also get because we'll get somebody who's like i am a dissident writer in venezuela english is my second language sorry for and we're like rewrite this in more concise clear english and it'll do that too so that saves us a lot of time it's crazy. It's shocking. And, you know, one of the things so I just heard this uh, the other day that the more we use chat GPT as humans, the less effective it's actually going to be. Because what it's going to end up doing is filling up the Internet with a bunch of chat GPT ideas and AI ideas. And then it's going to go to the well because chat GPT mm -hmm. is scouring the web all the time. So it's going to be taking all these ideas that it's already written. And, you know, the missing component there is the human. Where I don't think that it is right? doing that though. I'm pretty sure it stopped scouring the internet after getting a data set in 2020. Is that not, is that no longer the case? No, the, the new version just dropped chat GPT version four, I believe. Oh, so okay. it's, it, unless I'm wrong, you know, feel free to email I don't know. me marketmarks.media.com. But yeah, I, I believe it's up to in real time right now. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I thought it stopped at a certain data set, but I haven't messed with the four. Well, I have, but I haven't, I'm not familiar with the details between GPT three and four. Well, and even just a couple of days ago, Elon and a bunch of other big tech influencers were like, we need to put a pause on this stuff because it's really powerful. We don't know all the implications, but <clears throat> I don't know that you can put the genie back in the bottle. Quite frankly. No. What do you mean? Put a pause on what? Stop using chat GPT? No. Yeah. And also like, what are you talking, what are you talking about? Yeah, you know what else is probably, we, the guy who says trying to send us to Mars and took over Twitter is wants to put a pause on AI. We got bigger problems, buddy. Yeah, maybe you, you say that or until, not. Until Schwarzenegger or, or not. bust in your window with a laser eye, you know. That's right. That's right. Next to Tom Cruise, that is sage advice. I agree with that. <laughs> I was actually pretty anxious for this interview tonight. And I was talking to Ben about. I was like, we're like, it's gonna be cool. Mm -hmm. It'll be fun. Be all right. Towards right. the trip, uh, probably cool. just not right though. 
Yeah. Ju- <laughs> just all right. Well, now I'm, now I'm lit, bro. Now I get to go out and run and, and lift heavy. Actually, I do have a question for you. Cardio or weightlifting? Weightlifting. Weightlifting. First of all, cardio is brutal. I get it. I do the high intensity stuff, but I don't want to run 16 miles. No, thank you. Hurts my my knees just thinking about it. Cool. Well, Jordan, thanks again for joining us, bro. I I really appreciate it. You mind if I get a a screenshot here with everyone? I was, I I posted a screenshot the other day and someone made fun of me and said, clearly these are, these are all boys because you're not, nobody's smiling or giving a sign or anything. (laughs) The new thing is no socks in photos. And I'm like, guys, wear socks. Your shoes must smell awful. Well, I live in South Florida. So I, when I quit my job, I committed to only wearing flip-flops. Like fair. Done. No flip-flops. socks with flip-flops. I'm talking about like the leather loafer guys who wear suits and no socks. And I'm like, you guys, the whole living room just smells like feet. <laughs> Change my view. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Listen, everyone, give me a big smile here. Give it big. And even soda, you could turn your video camera on too. I know you're not in the, the best lighting, but it's all good. All good. All right. Three, two, one. Boom. Solid. Thanks, Jordan. I appreciate you, brother. Man. You got it, guys. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. We got to link up again soon. This is a lot of fun. And Anytime. Uh, thanks for your time, brother. Make it count. For sure. Good night, everybody. Yo, thanks for listening to today's episode and subscribing. I'll see you in our next mastermind session at After Hours AfterHoursEntrepreneurMastermind.com. See you there. In the meantime, you know what to do. Go take action. Catch you next time. Peace.